It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Day one of Washington Commanders training camp is in the books. What we saw and what it means, plus a former coach gets one step closer to immortality. All that right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. We are free and we are available on all platforms, including YouTube and the new WUSA 9 Plus app. Your CBS affiliate in Washington, D.C. has a new streaming app that is a game changer for local news and sports in the DMV. Download the WUSA 9 Plus app now from your Roku or Amazon Fire TV stick. We thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I am David Harrison covering the Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. My co-host Chris Russell, the Rooster, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980. You can find Chris and Pete there Monday through Friday from 9 to noon Eastern time or anytime along with the show on the Odyssey app. Of course, when we're not there or here, we're on Twitter at DHarrison82, at WrestleMania61, and at LO Commanders. All right, and uh, once again, we thank you for making making us your first listen and your first view of the day wherever you are consuming the Locked On Commanders podcast. We appreciate you and David. Day one of training camp 2022 is in the books. Locked On Commanders was there. My partner, David Harrison, patrolling the sideline boots on the ground. As I like to say, I was in a nice air-conditioned studio. You were sweating it out with the boys in burgundy and gold. Um, I know it was a somewhat quick practice for day one. Uh, Maybe we'll get into that. But um, I guess your big-picture takeaway, we were just together at the facility on Tuesday night, Mm -hmm. and we reacted to what Ron Rivera had to say today. You actually get to see guys on the practice field uh, and, and, and starting to work officially towards the regular season opener. Yeah, um, so very quick practice is one way to put it. I like to call it the longest sauna session that I've ever taken in my entire life. Um, Very, very hot. They had the tent out. Like, shout out to the team. They had the tent out. You know what I mean? There was shade provided, all that stuff. But uh, it was about 20% more humid under the tent. So you Mm -hmm. left the direct heat for the humid heat. Anyway, um, I know I complain. I spent all day watching football. Well, they they put the tent out just because they knew you were coming. Absolutely, yes, and they wanted to make sure that I was comfortable. I mean, tomorrow they'll have the jet fans, you know, the the mist machines uh, out, just because uh, they are are big fans of the Locked On Commanders podcast. So they'll be listening to this, and they'll say, how can we keep David Harrison comfortable? Yeah, either that or Sam the intern will have one of those misting fans, and you know what I mean, just point it my direction. So big picture takeaway, day one of training camp. Uh, it's day one of training camp. That's the big picture takeaway. Honestly, breaking the rust off. Just just get back out there. Get get back to being physical. I mean, again, some of these guys have been working out anyway. A lot of them have been working out. But as far as, like, football working out, right, there's a difference between exercising 
lifting weights, staying in shape, and then there's there's football activity, and that's something that some of these guys have not done uh, in, in you know about a month because just like everybody else, they deserve their vacation time uh, just like anybody else does. So some of them uh, enjoying that or whatever. Nobody appears to have come in out of shape. That's I think that's number one. That's the kind of the biggest takeaway is uh, that as far as we know, nobody like failed a conditioning test or did any of that crazy uh, kind of stuff that we see happen from time to time around the league. And no significant new injuries, right? Now, Antonio Gibson did uh, participate on on the side field, so that's obviously a point of, of conversation. But when you look at even just how the kind of the flow of the day went, like early on Carson Wentz, you know, I, I wasn't doing a snap-for-snap snap kind of uh, track or whatever, but I would probably venture he was like one for five on his first five pass attempts, you know, in team-on-team team drills. Um, and, nope, people are not going to want to hear that, but that's okay because, again, it's the, it's the first day of camp. You, you, you're you just kind of getting back in uh, to the groove of things. But I think that's really the first thing is, yes, we're building on everything that's happened in the OTAs, the mini camps, and everything else, but this is still the first day of training camp. So not too much to get too excited about or too down about on either side of things. Yeah, only about an hour and a half practice. I know I was charting it from a, uh, like I said, air-conditioned studio. So I was surprised uh, just after 10.30 when Ron Rivera took the podium. And I know you had mentioned to me before we started recording this that it took uh, others by surprise just because of how quickly uh, it happened. I I, I don't know why they would have only had an hour and a half practice other than Mm -hmm. it's the first one, like you said, in six weeks. So maybe that's Ron easing them in, ramping them up, so maybe that will increase. Usually they are just shy of or around two hours. Rarely does it go beyond that because of NFL collective bargaining, NFLPA uh, type rules, but maybe that yeah. was just uh, it. And, and, and I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, you mentioned Carson Wentz, and obviously that's mm-hmm. going to be the number one story that everybody tracks. Usually defenses are ahead of offenses when we get to training camp, right? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned he kind of struggled a little bit earlier, looked a little rusty. We know he worked out with a bunch of the guys in California in early July. Is it a big deal to you? This is more personal preference, personal opinion. If yeah. Carson doesn't exactly look crisp or clean anytime soon. Is that a concern to you? Is that just a matter of process? Uh, or is it no big deal in your eyes? Um, it's not a big deal for, I'll even be nice and say the first week. Like, honestly, you know what I mean? First day's practice is on Wednesday. If Friday comes and it's, he still looks rusty, right? Like, there are things you just chalk up to rust, and, and you right. kind of say like, okay, like get some throws in, you know, come Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that'll be better. Honestly, if by Friday some of the things that we saw are not cleaned up a little bit because they aren't scheme related, they're literally it's just Carson getting the ball out, you know, faster, Carson getting the ball out cleaner, stuff like that. I will start to be a little bit concerned mm-hmm. personally. Like I, I will tell you that on the show. However, I will not come here and then try to trumpet to the Commanders fans that, hey, you might want to bench Carson Wentz if he's on your fantasy roster. Like, you know what I mean? There's there's a difference uh, between the two. But some of the things we saw today, you know what I mean? Like, right read, uh, but throw is a little high. Or, you know, uh, there there was a couple – actually, there was one occasion where uh, they were playing half-line half line drills, um, and, and one of – I'm not going to say he cheated, but one of the defensive linemen that was on the field kind of made a move to where there would have been an offensive lineman, but mm-hmm. there wasn't an offensive lineman. So we got pressure on the quarterback that yeah. way. Um but another, but there, but there's plenty of good too. But again, you don't want to kind of go crazy on it, right? There was a play on the right sideline, uh, outside of what would be the right hashes on the practice field, where Carson Wentz found Terry McLaurin, and obviously that's a, a huge connection that we're all waiting uh, to kind of see what's going to happen. 
and the the ball wasn't wasn't the greatest pass in the world, right? Like you would love to see Carson laid out in front of Terry, let Terry go out there, catch it in his hands in stride, run after catch, it would have been a touchdown. Um, instead, it was one that was a little delivered a little bit late, opposite side of the field. Carson kind of had to put it where he could put it. Uh, but Terry did what Terry does, which is why everybody loves him and why everybody wanted him to get paid. Uh, body control, ball tracking, hands. Uh, he had a defender near him. I mean, everything you want went to the ground, held on to the ball. You don't like seeing number 17 go to the ground without pads on, but mm-hmm. that's what t- makes Terry McLaurin great. So a lot of good things as well. But, again, I'm not going to come in here and say draft Terry McLaurin in the first round because he and Carson Wentz are about to set the league on fire. So don't take it, you know, listeners, not, not you, Chris, but listeners and viewers, don't take this as like, oh, well, you know, they're they're not off to a good start. It's just, again, it's all day one, so everything has that grain of salt of it's it's day one. Uh, I think everybody should take everything and anything they see in preseason and in training camp with a big-time grain of salt. Uh, the, the games themselves a little bit less, but because you can actually tackle the quarterback, you can actually sack and hit the quarterback there, so yeah. that's a little bit different uh, than practices. But everything you should – good or bad – Nobody should like be like too high or too low based on what they. And by the way, I have seen a lot of terrible quarterbacking mm-hmm. uh, in this organization in training camp, and yeah, most of it has equaled out in the regular season that way. Uh, but sometimes it it, it does flip, uh, and you could struggle in camp and be good during the season, or or vice versa, right? But my, yeah. I've seen a lot of bad play. I, I I'll just say that. So I'm actually kind of hoping. I'm I'm trying to be positive and hoping that Carson Wentz eventually looks the part. One more uh, quick note. Antonio Gibson did not practice. He was on the mm-hmm. side field. Ron Rivera afterwards did not seem, uh, you know, concerned. Now, they didn't yeah. put him on preseason pup to start. So, I, I guess, right. again, you have to take that as legitimately no major concern. But he did miss parts of the OTAs, and he mm-hmm. has battled some lower leg injuries. I know this is an upper leg injury. Any concern on your end? Not not on Wednesday, you know what I mean? Now, again, if he's not out there Friday and Saturday, then I think you have to start kind of being a little bit concerned. You start missing a full week. You know, it's only it's it's going to be four days, right? But that's the first week of, of practices. Uh, if you miss the first week of training camp, that's that's certainly a little concerning. It has to be for anybody. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I would agree. And, you know, it's only because running back is such a physical position, number one, and takes a, a toll on you. And, and also because, and this was part of the emphasis, as we talked about during the draft and subsequently following the draft, why they took Brian Robinson Jr. when they did, uh, even if it was a little bit early, because they know what most of the pundits and experts outside the building, outside of Ashburn, forget or don't acknowledge or whatever, and that is Antonio Gibson has had some injury issues. Again, only an hour and a half practice. We'll see what they do the rest of the week. Uh, David will be there uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'll be back on Saturday, so we'll have a joint uh, observation uh, again on Saturday, and we'll have special coverage for you. Coming up on the Locked On Commanders podcast, what Ron Rivera has said so far and how we heard it and processed it that's next but if you guys haven't tried built bar puffs yet you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys trust me i have one every morning i'm driving in traffic which is not a joy but built bar puffs make it a little bit easier and guess what there's a new flavor out guys ready delicious indulgent cookie dough who doesn't love cookie dough covered in chocolate that's right built has done it again 
Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light, chewy texture, uh, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And as you know, every Bill product is healthy for you. Only 160 calories, a whopping 15 grams of protein in the cookie dough chunk puffs, and of course, low in sugar and low in net carbs. Uh, you know the deal. When it comes to built, they are going to take good care of your body. The collagen protein goes in your body. It absorbs things more efficiently. Ton of health benefits. And again, it replaces that that regular chocolate bar or that bag of chips or that chocolate bowl of ice cream at the end of the night uh, when you're craving something sweet. So go to built.com with the promo code LOCKED15. Arm yourself with that. You're going to get 15% off your order again at built.com by using the promo code LOCKED15. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, thanks once again for making the Locked On Commanders Podcast your first listen and your first watch each and every day. All right, David, you uh, and I were there on Tuesday together. Ron Rivera opened up camp with a lot of words. Uh, we covered the Chase Young timeline that Ron established. Uh, it was a little bit of a surprise, I think, to most, uh, along with the playoffs or bust answer on the previous episode, which people can still check out wherever they get their uh, podcasts, of course, the audio version or the video version on YouTube. Uh, but what else did he have to say that that caught our ears? Um, I, I was thinking about this after we got done recording the live episode uh, from Ashburn. He says, you know, about the linebackers, they feel very good about the group overall, right? That's, I think, some coach speak. Uh, he said, we think they fit for what they want to do and how we want to do it, but they're going to evaluate the position group for about the first week before they make any decisions in terms of a veteran guy is what he said. And that's the interesting part, right? They had all OTAs to evaluate. So they have some evaluation. There's a bunch of young guys. There's, you know, of course, Cole Holcomb and, 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 uh, um, and Jamin Davis and Khalid Hudson and so on and so forth, right? But he's basically saying, we're going to give it about a week of training camp to see what some of the younger guys maybe absorbed over that summer break and how they look, you know, Bryce Notre, somebody like that, to see if they can plug maybe that fifth linebacker spot or some, you know, type of configuration like that before they maybe go out and add an Anthony Barr, who I know you and I both talked about uh, last week, or somebody like that, maybe even a Roquan Smith, who seems to be falling out of favor with the Chicago Bears and opened up on Pup. Uh, again, we're throwing out a bunch of names there, but did that surprise you that he's basically saying, yeah, you know, we're going to give it about a week and then we might pull the trigger on somebody from the outside? Uh, it, it did and it didn't, only because we've been talking about this team adding a linebacker for months now. And honestly, Ron Rivera has too. Like he's he said on on multiple occasions that linebacker is a position they could be looking at or 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 somewhere they could go to to add veteran talent or, or what have you. Um, so I'm kind of to the point now where 
we we keep saying it, and I mean we as in everybody, because this is something that rarely the team, the fan base, and the media seem to agree on, that the linebacker group is not, you know, the most solidified part of this team. Um, but at the same time, they've, they've continued to not do anything about it from the transactional sense. Like, I'm sure they're coaching and mentoring and, hey, we need you to do this, do that. What, what I don't have an issue with uh, from Coach Rivera's comment is we're going to give it about a week, right? So you brought these guys in. Some of them are tryout players. You bring them in. You coach them up. You start teaching them the scheme, the language, right? But it, it's like drinking from a fire hose. Like you're in the moment. You're trying to learn and develop, but you're also having to absorb it all at the same exact time. And it's hard to kind of really process stuff sometimes uh, until you really step away from it, right? And and uh, something I saw today, actually, I was, I was talking – uh, to, to Candy Waller of Seawall, Seawall. And something I pointed out to her that we, we kind of stopped and talked about was how Coach Chris Harris, you know, veteran and coach in the National Football League, former NFL player himself, is literally coaching up William Jackson on when to play the inside hip, when to play the outside hip on a wide receiver on an in-breaking route. And some people out there might go like, William Jackson needed coaching on that. That's that's the thing. Like there are so many nuances to this game within just the position. And then when do you do this? When do you do this based on our scheme, based on the play call? And and again, guys, don't like don't get me don't get mistaken. It wasn't like Chris Harris wasn't like just showing William Jackson for the first time how to chase a hip right. of a wide receiver. Right? There were nuances to it that we don't honestly have time to go into on this episode. But just kind of reminds you of the nuance of the game and and what these players are really processing as they're running through. Like it's not as simple as well, the guy ran an in, so why weren't you, you know, he ran an in route, you had safety help over the inside or over the top on the inside, why didn't you try to undercut that route? It's not as simple as that. There are a lot of other moving pieces to this process. So when you talk about these these rookies, right, the Bryce Notrees and all these guys, they haven't really had time to sit down and digest it outside. It's kind of like seeing the tree through the forest, right? They've just been running into trees, just running through the forest. Now let's let them get outside. Let's let them take the big picture and let's see how they come back after having that opportunity and see if any of them, you know, step it up and step it up a notch. Give them a week to do. I think that's a reasonable amount of time, three to five practices, right? And if nobody emerges, that's when you might see an Anthony Barr or Kevin Minter or, I don't know, trade for Jesse Bates, even though it has nothing to do with linebackers. Just, just throwing that out there. Um, that's when I think that part of it makes sense. <laughs> Wait a second. You mean we couldn't even make it to the third segment before you got a uh, a trade for Jesse Bates piece in? No, I understand what, where exactly you're coming from. I mean, you know, they, they again, they signed a bunch of undrafted linebackers after the draft, right, who were then with them for OTAs because they knew not only did they need help at the linebacker position, but they also need help on special teams, right? Uh, again, we don't know what the initial 53-man roster is going to look at, but maybe one of these guys can pop on special teams, which might solidify them a spot per se at the linebacker group, even if they don't play a lot of linebacker, and you still might be able to keep one of them and also add a veteran linebacker, and you just mentioned uh, a couple of the names. Um, you know, I, I just thought it was interesting that Ron basically was admitting, you know, look, we, we realize there's still the potential for the need to add somebody, but they're trying to be, I guess, as patient as they possibly can. I, I kind of wonder – you know, if they bring in somebody, say, a week, a week and a half or so into camp, if that's the way they, you know, Dante Hightower, somebody like that, you mentioned a couple of names, how fast can that guy get caught up yeah. on the scheme, on the system, with yeah. the checks, with the calls, and do they, are they necessarily looking for Mike Linebacker, right? Because 
I mean, it's very clear that Cole Holcomb wants to play the Mike linebacker, and he's worked there, and he knows the system, and he knows all the calls, and he knows all the checks, and he knows everything, whereas an outside guy doesn't know that stuff. And it might take him not only a couple of weeks of practice, but it might take him a couple of games, a half a season, what have you. So they could be looking for an outside, inside guy, somebody that could eventually learn the defense and play the mic, but also somebody that could play outside. All right, just quickly moving on, uh, and we'll get a quick thought uh, in on this. He also talked about making the team, you know, we, we know all the distractions, whatever, making the team, in his words, quote-unquote, presentable on the football field and in the community. And he, it was part of a longer answer about the distractions and all the nonsense mm-hmm. and all the chaos. Uh, and he talked about, you know, bringing back the glory days and the fans and all that stuff. David, when you hear presentable, presentable, yeah. what, I, I, like Ron said nothing wrong, right. but presentable is not exactly the vision that I want to hear. Uh, I mean, I think what he's getting at is, is again the winning culture, right? I mean, teams teams get embraced by their communities based on their history. You know what I mean? And and, and this franchise has a very storied history, right? But let's be honest, like fans of this team would celebrate. Like if if Joe Gibbs and Ron Rivera walked into the mall at the same time, people would applaud Joe Gibbs more than they applaud Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. That's not because Ron Rivera is a bad guy; it's because his teams haven't had the success. Uh, that's tied to Coach Gibbs, you know what I mean, and that's just that's just the bottom line of it. So I think what he's what he's trying to say is basically just put forth a team that is more embraceable. I'll, I'll say that word, embraceable, by the community because, uh, you know, I don't know, a losing team is like an ugly baby, and nobody wants to hold the ugly baby. Uh, that's the best way. What, what if the what if the ugly baby was named Jesse Bates? Then he's he's not ugly. He's magnificent. Okay. All right. Then then you would want to kiss and 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 hug. That's, that's an all baby. pro. That's an all pro baby right yeah. there. <laughs> exactly. Expensive all pro baby. A franchise tagged it. free agent. Yeah. Or not. Worth all twelve point nine. Franchise tagged uh, all pro free safety baby. Yeah. That worth all twelve point nine million plus the yeah. fifteen million on average you're going to pay him in contract. Exactly. All right. Coming up uh, next, Carson Wentz. Finally participated in his first training camp practice with his third team in 13 months. Uh, again, a little bit more of what David uh, may have seen, boots on the ground, and also what he said to the media, including David Harrison, after his first practice. Uh, maybe a thought on the playbook. I want to get to that. That's coming up next on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Final segment here of the Locked On Commanders podcast uh, following the first day of training camp practice at the Washington Commanders facility. Chris, I got, I got to say something. The way you just said that about Carson Wentz, I, I love it because it's factual. Third team in 13 years, like that's like a punch to the gut. No, 13, 13 months, not 13 13 years. months, my 13 bad. My years, third team in 13 months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 13 right. months. Like, that's like right. a punch to the gut. I well, mean, let's it is. be real here. The Eagles had moved on from Carson Wentz long. I mean, technically, yeah. Like, he, you know what I mean? Right. Oh, 
That's such I a mean, media I mean, thing we, to say. But if you like, we uh, you know we get accused media, what have you, of, uh, of being too negative. But I mean, it's like for a that, quarterback that you are literally banking on, and you know that you were over aggressive in training for third in thirteen months. That's a lot, David. I mean, that's Teddy yeah. Bridgewater department. You know, I mean, like, right? I mean, Teddy's yeah. been with like I just, teams in the last thirteen months. Right. I just look at it like this, though. The Eagles were moving on from Carson longer than 13 months ago, I think. So just to be kind of fair, like the Eagles already had their future, their exit plan developing before, you know what I mean? Outside the 13, you're not wrong. Like that's the, that's the beauty about it is you're not wrong. It's just like, I mean, mean, you know, whether it's 13 months, 16 months, whatever it is, third team in less than three years. Right. We know that. And, you know, of course, again, not only the coaches and the people that were familiar with him, i.e. Frank Reich, and, of course, in some cases they weren't familiar with him, i.e. the owner, Ursay, uh, in Indianapolis, but also the playbook and the scheme and the terminology. And that's one thing I wanted to kind of bounce off of you. He said to you guys on Wednesday afternoon that he's getting more comfortable in it. And at first he said it was a lot of, like, verbiage and a lot of different things that he had to learn, which, again, is understandable coming uh, to a new system, uh, yeah. right? And he just said, I just kept staying the course, kept learning the playbook, learning the guys. Uh, you know, he, he said he really likes learning the X's and O's. That's all the stuff you want to hear. What right. I do wonder and what I have to ask you is, is there any concern on your end that as we fast forward, say, six weeks from now, we get to week one in Jacksonville, does Car- I, I, I mean I, I assume he'll be proficient in it, but mm-hmm. I I I find it hard to believe that he'll have it mastered. And w- yeah. and if you don't have it mastered, does it come back to haunt you in a high pressure, quick, fast moving situation like a two minute drill or something like that that might cost you a possession? It absolutely could, yeah. And, and that's not even a slight on Carson Wentz. That's just the process. You know what I mean? Um, I go back to when Tom Brady joined the Buccaneers in that 2020 season. He told us that uh, it took him through that year's bye week, which was week I want to say it was week 13 that year, mm-hmm. uh, for for him to really feel like he was fully in control of the offense. And, and mind you, like Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich have fully admitted they folded some of what Tom Brady liked to do and, and was used to in some of his verbiage and some of the way he's been operating over his you know, illustrious career into their offense. But it was still within the framework of their offense. So this is the quarterback who brought his style and some of his plays to the team, and still it took him three quarters of the year to full yep. feel, feel fully in charge or in, in control. And if you go back to that season, again, Commanders fans aren't going to be familiar, but they just got their butts whoops by by, by the New Orleans Saints, I want to say the Los Angeles Rams shortly before that bye week. And a lot of people were wondering if they were even going to last long enough in the playoffs to make any noise. They go yeah. on and win the Super Bowl, of course, which is great, but that's how long it takes. And, again, if it's going to take Tom Brady, who literally is a football IQ quarterback, like this is a guy who has no athleticism, remember, coming from – it's not like right. he's just old and that's why he can't run anymore. He never had athleticism. So if one of the most cerebral quarterbacks in NFL history needs 13 weeks to really master a play, a new playbook, that's what you have to expect. Like that's got to become the norm is at least the first half of the season. So I think right now it's not about getting Carson to understand and master the entire playbook because again, he, uh, Taylor Heineke has said it like, this is one of the most, the wordiest, one of the wordiest NFL offenses in the National Football League right now. So there's a lot to learn there. I think what it is is, how do we 
best maximize our offense right now and start to do this thing in phases and do this thing in chunks. And I think that's yeah. what they're doing right now. And, and again, there's certain things that we can't give away that we see post reportable uh, phases of the practice, but there are some wrinkles that you and I have seen and we saw a little bit more of them today that are going to do things to facilitate the offense getting leverage over the defense while Carson Wentz continues to learn some of the, the, the intricacies of the offense. You know what's interesting, just as a final note on this, Scott Turner's offense might be wordy, and what these guys are having to deal with is new, and especially with Carson. It ain't as wordy as Sean McVay's offense and Jay Gruden's offense was, I can tell you that. I mean, those guys could barely get the calls in uh, yeah. with the microphone <laughs> turning off at like 15 seconds on the, on the right, play clock. Right. They could barely get it in, and a lot of times they couldn't get it in because it was so specific so and so many terms and so many yeah. different – you know, keys and codes and all that. So keep that in mind that this is a, you know, Joe Theismann once told me, you know, this is a relatively easy system to learn because of the number system and all that stuff. But it still is a different language. All right. And on a closing note, congratulations to uh, Mike Shanahan, who I got to cover for four years here, a two-time Super Bowl champion head coach, uh, and of course the head coach of the Washington NFL franchise from 2010 through 2013. David, uh, on Wednesday we found out that he advanced in the coach contributor finalist category for nomination and selection to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He joins a group of 11 others. Basically what they'll do is they'll take one of those 12 is the way they wrote it up and the way I understand the process uh, and uh, elect in all likelihood uh, right before the Super Bowl. So Mike's got a long shot, you know, one out of 12, uh, but he is in that final dozen category. So congratulations to him. I think he deserves uh, that so absolutely, uh, I lived dope. in uh, Colorado when he was with the Broncos. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, uh, and and Marty Schottenheimer, uh, unless I missed him, did not make uh, that mm-hmm. particular list, and and probably uh, deserves it. He was on the initial list. Another former uh, Washington NFL head coach. Hello, Marty Schottenheimer didn't last as long as Mike Shanahan uh, did. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and view. Of the day, guys, now make your second listen and watch the Locked On NFL podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders are keeping fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league as all 32 training camps are now officially open. We'll be back with another episode uh, before the week. Actually, another couple of episodes. Uh, David will once again be at training camp on Thursday, so check out him on Twitter at dharrison82. And, of course, he's got you covered on SI.com's Fan Nation. If you want to hop in on the voicemail, 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577. Or locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com. Again, David's covering the Commanders and training camp, SI.com's Fan Nation. Check him out, uh, of course, there. Uh, I'm uh, hosting <laughs> during the time practices, so I'm just following along like you guys. So I'm following David on Twitter because I can't be there. Again, at DHarrison82. Check me out on the radio, 9 a.m. to noon uh, on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. And thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 